0: I'm Agent Phil Coulson with the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division.
1: That's quite a mouthful. I know. We're working on it.
0: and welcome to another episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Cast. The, the the show that's gone on hiatus for way too long. I am Colonel Chaos, and joining me tonight, we have the one, the only, the amazing, the astonishing, Agent Andy Ant-Man Urquhart. How
1: you doing, Agent? I'm doing well, yes. I've, I've had a good week. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've done something exciting. Oh? You'll be excited to know about. Uh, I finally went to see Black Panther Trip. Have you seen Thor? <laughs> I've seen Thor, okay. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I saw I th- saw Thor when it came to uh, when it came out on Blu-ray, um, and Black Panther. Like I, I was kind of really quite anxious that I was going to miss out on seeing it before it finished its run in the cinema, mm-hmm. and, wh- and then I obviously I wouldn't have seen it before I would see Infinity War. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to see this. I need to see this. So I had to like really carve out some time to to go and <laughs> to go and see it, and it was like. Uh, over here, like, most of the cinemas have stopped showing it, so there was like, one cinema in the kind of local area that was, not even in the local area, like, maybe maybe about an hour's drive away, mm. that, uh, that I found out was still showing it, and it has one show in a day. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll go, alright, oh, that's it, I'm going. And uh, my, my dad in the, in the wheel came with me as well, and uh, so we, we went to see it, and to be fair, the theatre was, like, it was just one of the smaller theatres, but it was packed out, like, it was full of people still there to see it. I, I don't know if it's people watching it for like a second time or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, plenty of people going to see it, even though like it's in a small theater and, and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, uh, the movie itself though, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Thought it was amazing. Really, <laughs> I was really surprised because like I don't particularly like Black Panther in the comic books at all. I've always found him a kind of dull character in the cartoons and stuff like that. The same, and mm-hmm. Civil War, he was he was all right. He was fine. I mean, he looked cool and like he he did some cool moves and stuff like that. But I I wasn't particularly interested in his character. But they did a phenomenal job with this movie. Like it is justified in like how well it's done at the box office. It's such a good movie. Even like outside of the MCU, like what a great movie this is.
0: Right, and I I mean I think Wakanda is as much of a Mm -hmm. character in this that as um, as uh, the Black Panther
1: himself. 100%, 100%, yeah. Uh, it was really quite fascinating, like, seeing the sort of outside world impression of Wakanda, like, oh, it's just a third world country, but actually, and you go into it, and it's, like, ridiculously technical, technologically advanced, and some of the stuff they had in there was really cool, and it's just full of wow moments. Mm-hmm. Now, here's
0: the thing that I found interesting, is there seem to be a lot of ghettos. In the city of Wakanda, I mean the way. I mean there were you know beautiful skyscrapers, but then there were the you know the th- third world style uh, you know buildings, uh, hovels, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just, I mean, I would love to know um, you know. I, I mean, I just the politics and the social uh, structure. Or strata of of Wakanda. It seems like uh, you know it, the streets weren't paved with
1: gold. No, they, they weren't. But like all the people seemed to be happy. Mm. Like anybody apart from like one or two, were, <laughs> were the ones that were living up in the mountains. Um, but all the all the main sort of people seemed to be kind of happy with their with their lot. So they they, they obviously had a good kind of structure going on there uh, but yeah it would be interesting to know a bit more about it and and i, I guarantee there's a sequel to this movie in development already and uh will oh, yeah. probably probably delve more into that uh when it comes to the sequel but but yeah i just wanted to 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 gush on it a little bit because i really really enjoyed the movie and, I, and i'm very glad i got to see it before uh, in infinity war
0: mm-hmm. i'm hoping next week to uh Take my if if I think we can still find a theater or two around here that has it. Um, I'm going to take my my two nephews to it. Mm. So uh, that that's the plan right now. So nice. But um, yeah, uh, I just to go slightly. I, I know we're going to do a double show tonight. We're going and we're going to really keep the news segment to a to a minimum. And I guess we do owe an apology to all our listeners. Um, we actually did record a show, what, two weeks ago, I think, Andy? Yeah, it must have been about two weeks ago now. And, and the first rule of podcasting is always have a backup recording. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we followed the rule. The only problem was both recordings didn't come out. Yep. <laughs> Mine, we think uh, I forgot to unhit pause, and we only had nine seconds. And Andy's Andy had a problem with his virtual uh, cables. I think that's what they're called, something like that. Yeah. So yeah. we did record one about two weeks ago, but scheduling just has been brutal with holidays and work schedules and... You name it. There is. It's. It's been a bit uh, crazy for the two of us.
1: Yeah, I mean, the holidays always gonna throw these things up, but uh, but we should be back on track now. I know we say this every time. Yeah, we say yeah. it
0: every time. But we are gonna. We are going to try and. You know, we might even try and pump out a couple of shows. Uh, you know, two shows a week for a little bit here right now. Um, yeah. De- depending on our schedules. Um. So. Uh I, I did want to go slightly off the rails because I was just curious, did you see Ready Player One?
1: No, no, I didn't get to see that. Um I haven't read the book and like I kinda want to read the book after hearing you talk about it um on, on the B team. I kinda want to read the book first before I see the movie, so and, and books are like so far down on my <laughs> pecking order of things to do that like it may be years before I see that movie. <laughs> um
0: go see the movie. Okay, because the book and the movie are two very, very different stories.
1: Yeah, see, that's why I kind of want to read the book first, though, so that the movie doesn't taint my opinion of the book. Because, like, from what from what I've been hearing, like the departures that it does make from the uh, from the book are not for the best.
0: Um, it is a fantastic movie. It It is a very, very good movie. As an adaptation of the book, it fails miserably. <laughs> um, I mean, huge plot points uh, are just completely uh, changed. I mean, beyond mm. recognition. Um, I think if you saw, if you read the book, what happened to me was... I had finished. I literally finished the book the night before I uh, went and saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, within ten minutes of the movie, I was kind of taken out of it, saying, "Okay, this has nothing. This is completely different than the book," and mm-hmm. I, I was disappointed. Right. Um, so, I think. You know, my wife. I you know, my wife is actually planning to read the book after seeing the movie, and that might be the way to do it because they tell. I mean, uh, the the just uh, the elevator uh, plot uh, for uh, for the movie would be basically the guy who creates this incredible virtual world that nearly everybody in the world uh, belongs to has died. And he has uh, hidden an Easter egg somewhere in the world, and the person who finds the Easter egg uh, inherits the Oasis. That's the mm. um, that's the world, and mm. all, all of his fortune. And there's three keys that you have to fi- You have to find before you can unlock the Easter egg.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And other than the last key. Uh, the 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 first two keys are completely completely and utterly different and nothing like uh what happens in the movie uh the book right. and the movie are completely different story uh i mean different uh quests um I mean the spirit of the book is in the movie but it, it, they're they're two completely different tales but I do recommend the movie it's gore. it's a fantastic looking movie um, but just know that, I mean if you love the book uh, you're going to you you you're going to have a lot of problems with the movie that's why I think it okay. might be better to see the movie first hmm. so because we'll see because <laughs> uh, uh, like I said as, as a movie it's fantastic. Yeah. So, just something to think about. Um, all right. Uh, we we like I said we're gonna go real quick on news. Rumors are swirling that Shield is coming back for season six.
1: Yeah, I've had some interesting ones actually, like about uh, like about season six, and like we I think we spoke about it previously, where we said that it's on the bubble and whatnot, but it seems to be getting stronger by the day that it's coming back and i i heard a rumor that uh, they might be moving it back to the tuesday time yep. slot i've which, heard that too which, which would you be interesting i mean what do you think the reasoning is behind that it's new
0: it's doing no better on uh fridays than it was on tuesdays Hmm. um they probably have nothing for the Tuesday, Tuesday <laughs> yeah, night, 10 o'clock. Um, I have no idea what's on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock. I'm doing a B-Team every week. Um, yeah, I have no idea
1: what's on Tuesdays night Tuesday nights. Um, I mean, personally for me, I prefer it to go back to Tuesdays because that means I can then watch it on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have less risk of it being spoiled for me by Twitter and whatnot, like, Cause if uh, usually if because it airs on like a Friday a Friday now, so usually there's I don't get to watch it till at least Sunday, mm-hmm. and you it usually ends up being Monday or Tuesday or sometimes Wednesday before I get to watch the episode. So that's several days of potential spoilers from all the many of the the shields people that I follow <laughs> on Twitter. No, That's not even looking at like, uh, like what our uh, listeners post is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because I, I know not. I know not to look at that if I've not seen the episode yet. <laughs> so. But yeah, so I, I would be happy with that.
0: Yeah, I. It would work better for me too, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I can't. I, I, don't get to watch it Tuesdays anyways because, uh, I'm doing B team, but. You know what we used to do is, you know, I would try and get make sure I got home at a reasonable time on Wednesdays and watch it right before we did the show.
1: Mm.
0: And then I only have to watch it once. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but hey, we'll see. Uh, what we're we're less we're probably three weeks away from. Uh, maybe four weeks away from when they'll announce ne- uh, the
1: fall lineup. So you think they they will wait until after Infinity War to announce? Maybe if it's come back. Yeah, maybe. Okay. So. Okay, there is there is two bits of news that I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention. Okay. the The first one is is the Black Panther's box office takings. Yes, the Black Panther has now sank the Titanic. <laughs> in in the in America, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not not worldwide. <laughs> no, not not worldwide. No, uh, worldwide. It's not even close. Like <laughs> uh, Black Panther is now the tenth uh, highest grossing movie of all time, which is pretty pretty bloody impressive, to be honest. Um, it's now above like uh, Frozen, uh, Iron Man Three, Civil War. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, all, all those movies. It's now surpassed them, and it's it's not far behind Star Wars: The Last Jedi, which is uh, at number nine. Like it's only like thirty million odd behind that, so, and that must be almost done. And Black Panther still in, in a few territories and whatnot, so uh, it, it could potentially go above that. Um, but yeah, like you are right, in America it has surpassed the Titanic, but worldwide. Uh, Titanic's made two point one billion and Black Panther's on one point three billion. So I don't think it's gonna catch it in Titanic worldwide. But still, like wow. Yeah. It's it's beaten out like uh, all the M- other MCU movies apart from the two Avengers movies worldwide, which is insane to be honest, for Black Panther. Especially in his like debut movie that tells his essentially his origin story.
0: Yeah. Well, see, I don't, I don't consider the movie really. Well, I guess it is an origin story to an extent, but mm. uh, I also kind of see it as more of um, uh, a basically an introduction to Wakanda.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. But, but yeah, it's done really well and. Uh, a sequel is a, a absolute guarantee at this point, mm. unless they do something in really insane in, uh, in Civil War. <laughs> I, I can't believe it's made so much money though. Like, I can't believe it's made more money than Iron Man three. <laughs> like that, that. I didn't like that, Iron Man three. No, I didn't like it either. But like Iron Man three, like went in so strong and like, mm. uh, and it wasn't the best movie. Some there was bits of it were good and bits of it were not so good. Um. But the, the fact that it's made more money than than that movie that had two previous movies, plus all, like, Robert Downey Jr.'s mm-hmm. other appearances as Iron Man, and, like, Iron Man, like, at that point was, like, top of the world, you know, and uh, and now Black Panther comes out of nowhere, essentially, and uh, blows it away, which, yeah, well, well done to those guys. It just goes to show, I mean, if you make a really good movie, like, the cream does rise to the top, mm-hmm. um... I would say that like Black Panther was better than Age of Ultron for for me. Maybe not better than Avengers, but like it was mm. such a because Avengers was really uh, really a kind of special movie event. The First time like somebody's tried to do something like that bring a bunch of different characters together. But uh, but yeah, Black Panther is uh, such a good movie. Like if you've not seen it, please try and see it before uh, before it leaves the cinema. I'm trying to get my nephews there. <laughs> but yeah, well, well done to, the, to everybody involved in that for uh, the success of that movie. Um, the, the other bit of news that we definitely have to talk about is, is about Coulson. Ah, uh, yes. Because Phil Coulson is returning to the MCU movies in Captain Marvel. He has been listed in the cast... Uh, playing Agent Coulson in Captain Marvel alongside uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury and obviously Brie Larson as uh, Captain Marvel. And now this will be a flashback scene because a lot of the movie is, or well, it will be maybe not a flashback per se, but like a lot of this movie is uh, supposedly set in the 90s, like before Sam Jackson loses, uh, before uh, Fury loses his eye and whatnot. So we're going to see a younger-ish Coulson. I don't yeah. quite know how they'll do that. They'll just paint out, paint out some crow's feet. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think they they are not going to do CG on them. But like the fact that Colson's coming back in is—is is very cool. And I, I didn't expect that at all, to be honest. Didn't think he'd be in it. That uh,
0: you know, it would I I kind of had it in the back of my mind. Well, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. But you know, they kind of. Yeah, uh, th- this this is a way that they can do it without uh, pissing off uh, Jeff Loeb, I guess.
1: I mean, I don't think the Jeff Loeb would get necessarily uh, pissed off about it. Like, it's uh, more uh,
0: yeah. What's his name? Josh Whedon. J- Josh Whedon,
1: yes. <laughs> but he's not involved in this anymore. He's, True. He's fu- he's fucked off over to DC. Like, man, nobody cares what he thinks anyway. True. But yeah, I, mean, I think the only reason that they don't put Coulson back in the movies is that they would have to explain mm. like too much about him. Like he would be back alive and he would have like a fake arm, and and I mean he, to explain that in like one sentence, which is all they would be able to give to it, if that uh, would be too much <laughs> exposition. I think because I mean ima- imagine like uh, imagine Coulson's back and like he walks up to Cap and Cap's like, oh, I thought you were dead. Mm. Coulson's like. Okay, well, there's a bit of a story involved in this, so I died, and then I got brought back to life by this program, and then I went to space, and I went, like, and I did all these things. And well, couldn't you
0: able- just, <laughs> could just do the old, uh,
1: I got better? <laughs> but, I mean, that doesn't really do it justification, does it? And that doesn't, like, lend the gravitas to his character coming back? Like oh it's kind of a, that'd be kind of a damp squib. So I, I can understand why they why they don't do that because there's a lot to explain to or how about to the, just even to the audience as well? How about it's it's a long story? Yeah, I mean you could say that it's a long story. I'll tell you over a beer sometime. Like there you go. I got better. It's a long story. <laughs> but I mean, it dep- Again, it depends what happens in Infinity War. Like. All bets are off. Like the, Those stones are like magical stones. They can do many di- many different things. So you never know what they do with the universe. Mm. But I'm very glad that he's back. And um, I kind of thought actually from watching uh, Black Panther that they seem to be pushing uh, Martin Freeman's character to be like kind of the new Colson almost. I could see that. And I liked him in Black Panther. I thought he was really good. But he was not as good as Coulson. No. There can only be one Phil. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Coulson. I mean, like, even in the mm-hmm. movies, yeah. what Coulson did in the movies, like, comparing that directly to what Martin Freeman's done. Like, I mean, he's still good, but he's no Coulson. No. But, yeah, I'm just glad uh, Clark Grave's getting some more movie time. Maybe that's maybe that was his caveat for signing on for season six. He's like, "I'll do it <laughs> if you get me back in an MCU movie." And they're like, oh, shit! How do we do this?" Oh, Captain Marvel set the He's boom, there you go. Done. <laughs> like, and then Clark Gregg's like, "Ah, oh, fuck."
0: <laughs> wah,
1: wah, wah. Well, okay, I'll take it. <laughs>
0: it's a paycheck. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's uh, let's move on because we want to do two episodes tonight. So, uh, why don't we start with the 100th episode, which was called What, Andy?
1: It was called The Real Deal, Season 5, Episode 12 of Angels of the Shield. Um, so, this episode kicked off in the aftermath of the beacon explosion. The, uh, the three monoliths were destroyed, and uh, there are some strange goings on in the lighthouse. Um, you you may have heard this before, Chip. <laughs> yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> um, including a rift, which uh, which is opened up, and we also see the return of Lash, which came out <laughs> of kind of nowhere. Like, did, was... did you expect Lash to come back? Like,
0: <laughs> only because I saw it in the previews for uh, the scenes from next week. But <laughs>
1: <gasps> that's right. Yeah, they did that didn't they? Oh, uh, um. Okay, so um. So yeah, uh, level level 27 in the lighthouse has turned into an immense forest, which is obviously like uh, many levels underground, but it sure is very strange. So when you go to that floor, there's just a massive open forest, the big sky, even though it's a, in a confined space, <laughs> like, what's happening here? And um, basically what's happened is the monoliths have uh, blown a hole into space-time and another dimension is kind of bleeding back into their world. And they kind of postulate that this might be the thing that tears the world apart. This might already be happening. It might not be Daisy after all. It might just be this kind of rift. Meanwhile, Yo-Yo is having uh, phantom pains. Because obviously, if you remember, she had her arms chopped off uh, the other week. And now she's kind of struggling to deal with the fact that she's got no arms. Which I would imagine is a very traumatic experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh Max suggests that they just they leave and they go off and, and just live live their own life away from uh the, the fight and whatnot. But Yoru says no no no. She wants to stay and fight to try to prevent the destruction of the earth. Uh we see Deke tasting orange uh <laughs> orange scented <laughs> air like was it air freshener? <laughs> yes. Cause yeah, it smells lovely, but yeah, don't eat that shit. That's that. That's poisonous. That's like eating Tide Pods.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe the, I was about to say maybe he'll move on to Tide Pods after this. That's it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, so apparently, his uh, mum got him an orange for his birthday every year, and obviously, in the in the lighthouse, it would have been in in that in the future time, but would have been very difficult to get hold of these things because, mm, like, how the fuck do you grow an orange in space? This is a question for hundred years in the future. Um. But just any Cree uh, soldier shows up and attacks Daisy and Deke, but uh, Daisy ends up shooting them and he, he turns to dust. Which is obviously not what a Cree normally does if you shoot them, so it's, something strange is definitely going on here. Um, so Fitz reckons that the uh, the dimension that seems to be leaking out to them is a fear dimension, and what it's doing is it's manifesting their deepest fears uh, physically.
0: Is this a nod to fear itself?
1: I mean, it, could be, but, like, I mean, have you read Fear Itself? No. So, like, Fear Itself, I have read, and from what I can remember of it, it was, like, there was, like, five magical MacGuffin things and various heroes slash felons got a hold of them and then became, like, super-powered versions of themselves. So, like, it wasn't really, like... I mean, it was a fear thing, but, like, I, that's all I really remember about it. It wasn't, it wasn't a great storyline. At all, to be honest, but I don't remember it ever doing anything like along the lines of this. Mm. But I, I can see, like, I can see why you would think it would. <laughs> but yeah, if you've not read it, it's probably one you can skip over. <laughs> not not a great storyline, that one. Not memorable. Okay. Uh, so Fitz uh, to try to combat this a little bit seals off the lower two thirds of the lighthouse because the these dimensional leaks don't seem to be coming up any further than that. Uh, Fitz has a solution to the problem but it might require one of them to sacrifice themselves and uh, he starts talking to Deke and Deke is like whoa 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 I've already done the sacrifice myself thing blah 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 and this is how I ended up here and Fitz is like okay but I just need your belt <laughs> it was it was quite funny because he was being mm-hmm. like you know, dead Weasley about it mm-hmm. Fitz is like well I'm not asking you to sacrifice yourself I just want your belt he's like yeah yeah whatever the team needs <laughs> Uh, so basically Fitz plans to use the, uh, the small amount of gravitonium that's in Deke's belt to stitch together the breach. However, someone does have to go down uh, to do this um, in person. Uh, Coulson volunteers to do it because he he's the leader and he's going to be the hero. Um, and, but everyone else seems to be very against this idea. Uh, Fitz suggests that they let Piper do it because Piper's been looking for a way to atone herself after she kind of betrayed them almost. Well, oh, no, she definitely betrayed them. <laughs> yeah, there's not a sort of uh, about that. No. <laughs> and uh, and Daisy also is like, yeah, I want to go, but Coulson says that she's needed to be to lead the team, essentially, in the future. Uh, Shield must continue. And she's like, well, look, you're telling me not to do the, th- the thing that you're literally doing right now. Like, It's a bit of a double standard going on here. But, I mean, Coulson is like, he's kind of like... The, the way he the way he's looking at it is that Daisy's the future of the team, and mm-hmm. if he ends up having to sacrifice himself, then he, she's there to take it over. Uh, however, at this point, Colson faints, which is which is a bit strange. Um, and everybody kind of gathers around him, and we we then see that Colson's back awake again, and he sends Deke on a secret mission to the surface to get the goods, whatever the goods are. Uh, While well, Colson was knocked out, though, Simmons ran an MRI scan on him Mm -hmm. and she's discovered that there's necrotic tissue around the injury which was caused when Loki stabbed him which is back in Avengers 1 if you remember (laughs) all those many years ago Um, and it's revealed that Coulson is in fact dying and he's known this essentially since Ghost Rider and that's what Ghost Rider was talking about that that was the kind of secret that he was keeping uh, from the rest of the team um, seemingly what happened is that the, uh, the alien voodoo that was holding Coulson together was undone by Ghost Rider when he was possessed by it, it essentially like, burnt through uh, the mm-hmm. stuff that was keeping him alive and now uh, the necrotic tissue is starting to eat away at him and he, sooner or later he's just going to die, essentially. Uh, Coulson does say, though, that he doesn't want to die and come back again. Like, Because uh, they do mention that, well, look, we were in a situation just very recently where people were able to come back from the dead. Like, why didn't you tell us about this then? And we could have worked it out. Because if you remember, Tess, uh, a few weeks ago, died and then came back. Right. But Coulson's like, no, 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 look, I've died once and come back already, and that was bad enough. I don't ever want to go through that again, which is fair enough. So yeah, at some point his heart is just going to stop beating and he's going to be gone. Which is a very sad thought, to be honest. <laughs> like, like to see Coulson die, like, a, fin- a final death is going to be very upsetting to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, Daisy does say, though, that uh, there's no shield without Coulson. He is the symbol. And uh, me and Daisy are both pretty pissed off that Coulson didn't tell him about this. Uh, we then see Yo-Yo waking up, and uh, Simmons is is there, and she's kind of a bitch to her, and then she tries to suffocate her with a pillow. <laughs> Which is not very Simmons-like, but okay. Um, however, we then see that uh, it's actually a robot version of Simmons, because Mac pops in, punches it in the face, and... Uh, Knocks like, its face off. Knocks its face off essentially, and we see the robot, and then Simmons, the real Simmons, pops in and kills it. And it turns out that it's just a fear ma- manifestation. This would be Max's fear that Yo-Yo would be killed by a robot. Simmons. <laughs> yeah, I could see that being his fear. Yep. Or, or really, a robot, any close person yeah. of uh, close friend. Um, and we see that uh, Deke goes out for the to get the goods. Uh, We also see that the town is now full of military people and that General Hale is there visiting the police station that Daisy got Deke out of the other week. However, they they couldn't find anything on Deke. There's no fingerprint records or no DNA records of him anywhere or anything like that. So they've kind of hit a dead end with uh, with him. Uh, We see Deke Deke making a phone call from a payphone, which is very old school. Yeah, that
0: surprised me. I was like, seriously? They still exist?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a kind of, like, backwater sort of town. So, I mean, maybe they still exist out there. Like, yeah. I, can't, I mean, I can't remember the last time I used a payphone. It would be many years. <laughs> Do you remember the last time you used a payphone? No. No, exactly. No. Like, I would reckon at least 10, 15 years, probably. Yeah, I, I mean, I...
0: I, f- I figured they didn't even have them anymore because uh, they're probably uh, too expensive to maintain. Yeah. And, you know, everybody, ha- everybody has a phone now.
1: I, I remember reading an, an article like uh, about phone boxes. in a I can't remember what it was, but it was in a, a town or a city in Scotland and people were writing in complaints about these phone boxes because all that was happening in these phone boxes was people were going in and pissing in them. <laughs> And that was the only thing that people were using them for. They were using them for a toilet because you can go in and close the door. <laughs> and, they only, and they only found out about this because somebody went to actually use the payphone uh, and then yeah. wrote in a complaint to the council. <laughs> but, I mean, it must have been going on for months. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was quite funny. Um. So, yeah, Deke then goes to a pawn shop. Which and which has some nice little Easter eggs in the window? Ah, yes. They're... So there was a there was a quite a few things and mm. like you yeah, sent me a picture with the the a, f- a few of the things kind of pointed out. So there was a cello, a cello, mm-hmm. which is obviously a nod back to uh, Coulson's cellist yep. uh, girlfriend from from way back in the day. If you remember? Was it an episode where Shug they had to they had to save her without? Uh, seeing Coulson, which was interesting, and there was also it um, was also a Hulk mask, uh, a Thor action figure, an Iron Man mask, and uh, it was a, well, a Captain America mug, was it? Yeah. See, so, yeah, all, all cool little nods. Funny that they're in a pawn shop. In this backwater town, like who's pawning <laughs> a Captain America mug <laughs> <laughs> or an Iron Man uh, mask? But, I mean, I could see them. They're, like, the market for, for the resale of that, but, I mean, who's going to buy a second-hand Captain America mug? Like, come on. <laughs> unless unless Steve Rogers drank out of it, there's not much of a market for a second-hand Captain America mug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Dick goes in and he's, he gets some things and comes back out. Um, Coulson, we find out, has accepted that he's dying and that Daisy will need to take over. And uh, Coulson... Has uh, tells me that he's got some super sexy gear to wear that Fitz has made up for him, and and this gear is not sexy in any way, and he looks ridiculous when he puts it on. Sarcasm, Andy, sarcasm. <laughs> I thought he was being legit because he was talking to me about it. I'm like, okay, um, but he was not. It looked very silly. Uh, Coulson does say just before he goes down to the uh, to the lower levels uh, to Fitz that he he basically makes Fitz promise that he'll do the other thing that they talked about, no matter what happens. So, whatever that is. Because people apparently need hope. Mm-hmm. So, not sure what that is, but we'll find out about that later. Uh, Colson then goes down to the basement, wearing this gas mask contraption thing. Looks like something Anderson. out of Bioshock, the original. It does. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of see that. Um, But as soon as he gets down to the basement, the team loses his feed. Uh, so, when he when he does get there, he comes across Mike Peterson, the the normal version of Mike Peterson with no deathlock bits, mm-hmm. and uh, he tells him that the air's fine. And Colson checks his little like readout thing, and like, yeah, it's okay. So he takes the mask off, and uh, Mike Peterson claims that Colson is there to face facts that and that all of this is in his head. And he's still on the operating table, code blue, after Loki stabbed him with the scepter. And we see a kind of flash of uh, a doctor saying, Mr. Stark says anything you need, which is obviously a nod to uh, Tony Stark. Right. And this is an interesting like, little turn of events, and it kind of makes you like stop and think here. So uh, Mike, Mike says to Colson that, okay, well, the things that are happening in uh, in this reality that you're brain is making up all, of which he's saying that all of the events that have happened in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. all of them, the entirety has been in Coulson's head and uh, while well, he's been on the operating table it's kind of him living out his fantasy um, which included like him being in the framework and being a history teacher and he's he's gone to that because his father was a history teacher right. and essentially what he's doing is he's reliving some of the memories of his life mixed with the dreams that he had that never came true. I um, mean, Lola gets a mention because he talks about the having the flying car and whatnot. <clears throat> and then no a flashback of, though. No flashback though. No. <laughs> and then there's a lot of kind of flashes of the uh, the shoot team over the over the various different seasons and some of the events and things that happened. Uh, Mike claims that he's just an EMT who's standing over Colson. and he's not in fact a. Uh, a death lock or anything a superhero or super or vigilante or anything like that he's just this guy now what What did you think of this like this whole idea
0: it was interesting i mean also you know it makes me also and i was questioning oh no they're not doing it's the it's all a dream thing please mm-hmm. don't do that
1: was it dallas that did yeah, that yeah yeah Yeah, I was kind of worried for a minute, to be honest, but, like, the way that that Mike explained it here, I was like, okay, well, that kind of all makes sense, and that that worried me even more, actually, the fact that I was, like, kind of entertaining the idea that, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay, and and see if this had been the last episode, I think I would have bought into it much more, because, like, this could have been, like, the end, you know, like, they could have ended it and just literally been, like, and then Colson woke up, and then he was back in the MCU, (laughs) <laughs> back in the uh, the movies anyway um but yeah yeah uh, and that uh, we've just wasted our
0: la- the last five years of our life following this this idiot show yeah
1: i would have been, w- been pissed about that yeah because i mean it essentially would render everything that we had mm-hmm. done null and void because mm-hmm. we'd spent so many hours talking about a show that never happened in the canon which would have been very upsetting but um but yeah, I, th- I think um, I mentioned when we did this show before that it, this this whole scene may um, have had more gravitas if it was read by a different person. And uh, I'll, I'll talk will talk about that in a minute. Um, so we do see a Quinjet arriving at the lighthouse, which has Deacon board, uh, along with the remaining sort of Shield agents who were all scattered about the place, uh, as well as Deathlock himself, the real Deathlock, Mike Peterson. Right. So it now kind of becomes clear that this. The Mike Pearson is talking to Coulson is a fear manifestation. Um, and this is Coulson's kind of deep-set fear that none of this is real and that everything he's done has uh, been not worthwhile and uh, his life has been, quote-unquote, worthless. Um, so, yeah, Mike, uh, the fake Mike tells Coulson to uh, walk into the light. Uh, however, Coulson kind of, he starts to go and then sort of goes no I'm not buying it like like all this happened this is me this has been my team and uh, this is all real uh, and at that point the uh, the fake Mike grabs him and starts to try to kill him so uh, but, however at that point uh, Deathlock shows up and helps Coulson to kill Mike as well as Lash who appears mm. <laughs> back out of nowhere for all of three seconds and um, and then some creeper things show up and then Hive shows up out of nowhere as well <laughs> which was also spoiled by the uh, the trailer for this mm. episode and basically the entirety of Hive's appearance was shown in the trailer essentially <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> all, kind of, like, like you buckling. said, three seconds yeah uh, I mean Colson did get a, a, quite a nifty punch in on him and then Mike like, shoots him and blows him up uh, Coulson then uses uh, uses the gravitonium device thing to seal the rift, and uh, Coulson and Mike kind of fall over, and Colson ends up sitting on his lap, and uh, <laughs> they're like, "Oh, this is a bit awkward," <laughs> but at least it's real. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the military up above uh, think that Deke might possibly be an LMD because there's no records of him anywhere, um, and they also. And find out that Daisy's been sighted in a bunch of places up the coast as well. That and, didn't make uh, sense to me. I think what it is is that they just called in a bunch of sightings of Daisy, mm. like up and up and down the coast, to try and throw uh, to throw General okay. Hill off the scent here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and General Hill basically thinks that this has all just been a big smoke screen, and that uh, that Daisy's never ever been there. Um, it was just somebody that happened to look like her, and they just fed in some bogus information. Um, so it's kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting uh, that way. Um, we find out that uh, Deathlock is uh, leaving after tonight's festivities, and uh, Fitz and Colson can have a bit of a chat in the, the elevator. So they're going to level 27, which is the level that had the forest in it, if you remember. And... Um, and they're chatting away about this and that, and then they get to the, uh, they get to level 27 and they're still chatting away and goes kind of turns to Fitz and he's like, are you stalling Fitz? <laughs> Fitz is like, uh, oh, no. And, uh, they kind of, they open the doors at that point and then they, they walk out into the, the lovely big open kind of forest. And, uh, it turns out that Fitz and Simmons are getting married on a uh, level 27. Um, which, is, which was a nice touch and a nice way to uh, to end up this episode. Because um, obviously this is the big episode 100 finale special. Uh, so they exchange uh, their their vows as well as some rings. And the interesting thing to note is that uh, this was what Deke's mission was. He was to go out and get all the things that he needed for the wedding from the pawn shop. And... Um, including the rings and in the pawn shop he, f- he says he found a ring which was kind of like the one that his mum used to wear and it was his grandma's ring mm-hmm. and we then see that uh, General H- H- one of General Hill's aides has uh, run Deke's DNA um, against a kind of larger profile base and discovered that her DNA is legitimate DNA and it came back to a match to not one but two people who we know very well, know and love very well, mm-hmm. uh, Simmons and Fitz. So it looks like Simmons and Fitz are Deeks' grandparents, which is very interesting. And as soon as the, as soon as they say that, you're like, "Oh yeah, okay, I see it." Like because you can kind of see like he's got a little bit of resemblance to Fitz. See, I called this. Mm. I, I I
0: and. I need my wife to back me up, but um, I had I had theorized this um, a couple of months ago
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you know uh, that either Deke was their son or their grandson or something to that mm-hmm. effect.
1: Yep. So I, I think it's really cool that, uh, that they went down that route mm-hmm. with it, and it's interesting. It's, it's obviously going to be an interesting dynamic between the three of them. Going forward, because none of them know about it yet. But yeah, um, but yeah, it was a, a decent episode overall. But I, th- I think they kind of shot their load a little bit. And <laughs> in the trailer for this episode, they're like, "Oh, it's going to be world changing, and all these different things are going to happen." And in the trailer, when they showed like Lash coming back and uh, and Hive coming back and stuff like that, and you're like, "Oh, holy shit, they're going to go up against all these big threats that they faced before," and then presumably something new. Uh, and that's not really how this episode panned out at all. So I was a little bit disappointed by that, to be honest. Um, the other, the other thing that I th- I think that um, I, I definitely mentioned this when we recorded this before is that the scene with Mike Peterson in the basement. Now, to me, like Mike Peterson saying that to Coulson mm-hmm. had absolutely no gravitas whatsoever. Because I mean, Mike Peterson, okay, like he was one of the first things that Coulson had to deal with after forming the SHIELD team. But all the lines that he was delivering there were kind of, I think, more suited to someone like Nick Fury saying these lines to him, somebody who was his mentor and is now saying to Colson, "Look, Coulson, it's time uh, you're, you're dying. Like, walk into the light." Um, and I think if that had been delivered by uh, like Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, like that scene holds so much more gravitas than what it did, um, and it would make Coulson stop and think twice and go hmm, this is, like, my greatest fear, like, my my mentor, my kind of, like, his, maybe not quite his hero, but, like, his, uh, maybe not his father, could, but, yeah, certainly his mentor, um, is telling him, look, all these things that you've done, none of these are happening, um, you're just on the operating table dying, it's time, like, to move on, like, forget about this, and, and, uh, and go to sleep, essentially. So I, I think came up with two others, too. That, hmm?
0: Um, this is where you could have brought in Tony, uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know about Robert Downey Jr. so much cause they had a kind of, not a frosty relationship, but more kind of like hands off sort of, sort of way between each other. But Chris, uh, Chris Evans is Captain America. Yeah. Like I, cause yeah, he, he was Colson's hero. So I mean him coming and saying that, yep. hundred percent. Or or Nick Fury. But I think I think like if I, I don't know if they'd ever confirmed this, but I think this scene was originally written for Nick Fury to be mm-hmm. delivering those lines mm-hmm. and then and then they couldn't manage to get him scheduling and whatnot, so they used Mike Peterson instead. And Mike <laughs> and like Mike Peterson is not the character that I wanted to come back. You know like, oh as, know who else would have been good?
0: Hmm? No who else could have delivered this? Hmm? Brent Dalton. What if Ward yeah. was the one who did this?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I would have been much more okay with that as well. Um, or even like his uh, remember his his girlfriend that that got killed mm. by Ward, or if it was her as well, like and she's like, "Oh, come and join me," like blah blah blah. Um, or even his cellist girlfriend, like any of those would have had would have been more powerful to me. But, but yeah, I think what one of one of those three, uh. Well, that's Fury how you could have gotten Brent Dalton into episode one hundred. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, uh, and Brent Dalton's a great actor, and I think he would he would have been he'd have been great at doing this scene as well. So uh, it's a shame they didn't do one of those things. But like I say, I, I think this scene was originally written for Fury, and they couldn't get him. But Deathlock as a cameo, come on, that's a bad cameo. Mm. Like, he's a character who like you, you don't care that much about that you, you last saw two seasons ago. Going off and doing his own thing, and he's, he's still about doing something. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I would have been
0: very happy if Deathlock was a full member of the team full time.
1: See, like I, I don't like him particularly. Like compared to like the other characters they've got on the team, I think he's kind of weak. Mm. Like he, I mean, he had his story arc, and he's gone away doing his own thing. Now that's fine. Like I don't need to see him again. And as a cameo coming back, it was. Uh. Not not a good one. Um, So what did you think of this episode overall?
0: Um,
1: Well, now that I've seen it three or four
0: times... (laughs) um, I I think they overhyped it. 100%, yep. You know, when they said they were going to, you know... Resolve the ghost rider thing or his deal with the ghost rider i expected the ghost rider
1: yep <laughs> and there was no ghost rider in sight um
0: the i i mean it was okay. I mean, there were a lot of things that I liked about it. I mean, uh, you know, Fitz and Simmons get their happily ever ever after. We find out Deke is their grandson. Mm. We find out Col- what Coulson is dying of. Um, mm. But I guess it it puts the, it puts it moves forward the story of Shield. But it really didn't do anything for the current storyline.
1: No, not entirely.
0: But if they, oh, but if this was them thinking that it was their last season, and who knows, it may still be. They're in the process of tying up uh, loose ends. Uh, you know, uh, they're trying to tie up all the loose ends before before the series finale.
1: That's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do kind of want them to get out of this lighthouse ASAP, so we can see something that's not corridors. Because there's a lot of corridors and confined rooms in this episode. I mean, you've only got like what two scenes outside of that? Like one scene up up above with Deke going to the pawn shop, and one scene in a forest, which is inside the lighthouse. Right,
0: and the, and then yeah, the and then the scenes in the police department.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, mm. it's, that's all kind of the, the same as like what Deke was doing. But um, but yeah, not not the best episode for me. I mean, it did have some good things, but the uh, yeah, they they really wasted those cameos for the returning villains. Like, oh, here's Hive for uh, yep. two seconds. Here's Lash for two seconds. Like, uh, that just had absolutely no effect on me. Like, she's seen it for like a split second, and she's like, oh, holy crap. But then, like, she never got to go and confront that. Like, so that was all, all unresolved. Tension that they built up for no reason. Like, okay. But anyway, I, yeah, like I say, uh, world changing. Like they said, absolutely not. Definitely not world changing in any, any way whatsoever. And I I expected quite a... I, I probably expected too high from their episode one hundred where they said everyone was going to be big and huge and whatnot I I was fully expecting a cameo from like at least at least like uh, uh, Bobby and uh, Lance Hunter and (laughs) show up yeah I would have liked I mean maybe at the wedding exactly yeah that would have been perfect time for them to show up. And I can't believe that they like, cause Hunter is still out and about there. We know that. I mean, Fitz has spoken to him relatively recently and maybe in the last few weeks in terms of the continuity of the show. Um, and why is he not kicking about the shield, people? Like, Because he's in and amongst them. We know he's reading the football fanzines, mm-hmm. <laughs> looking for the secret codes. Um, so why is he, like, I mean, maybe he's on a mission, but, yeah, why is he not coming to the wedding? Come on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I agree. But, yeah, I think there was definitely some missed opportunities in this, and it probably budget constraints is, like, what's... Stopping them doing doing the things that we we are fantasizing about. Oh
0: yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you expected callbacks. Uh, you know, if you're gonna bring back Lash, and I still, I would still think it'd be funny if it was a secret cameo by Brent Dalton. Um, <laughs> oh, you mean Hive? Yeah, Hive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, he actually, you know, was. Uh, you know that they actually come back that they actually have a scene, yep, not a five second cameo,
1: yeah, 100 percent, I mean, like the build up and then yeah, it's kind of they kind of wasted those because mm. you can't do that. you can't bring them back again now, like there's no way after you've done it once, it's it's kind of a one trick pony. you're like, oh look at this remember this thing oh it's it's gone, right, okay, so it's gone now. you can't do that again ever.
0: Yeah, it it, it it was it was a they squand, once again they squandered another opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I mean, overall, you know, I like the fact that, you know, uh Fitz and Simmons finally got married.
1: Yeah, that was nice nice yeah, moment. Good feels. Yes. So, um, anything else you want to say about that episode or we move on to the next one? Nah, let's move on. Cool. Uh, so, this is uh, Season 5, Episode 13 of Age of sure, which was called Principia. Yes. And I like, what the what hell does is that a mean? Principia? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. I have no idea what that is, but okay. Uh, so, this episode kicks off uh, with a bit of a callback to a character we've not seen for many seasons. Not Mike Peterson this time. Uh, we see... Uh, did, did you recognize this guy at first? Like, cause, cause my, my wife was like, like, didn't remember him at all. I mean, I recognized him straight away. I'm like, ah, that's that guy. But did did you recognize him straight away?
0: I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember now.
1: So, so the the episode kicks off with uh Werner von Strucker. Oh, I'm talking to his therapist. Okay, uh, I think he's yeah, he's calling himself yes. Alex
0: now. Um so I didn't recognise hmm. it took me a minute to
1: put it together. But yes, I did. Yeah, so like we I mean we watched for like this whole scene and like it goes to like the next scene and she's like, Who is that? Well that's Baron von Strucker's kid and she's like What? <laughs> and I'm like, I remember this and this and this and she's like, Ah, okay. I remember now. But I think that was it was a bit of a deep cut this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a callback but uh, but I'm glad they did it because mm-hmm. like it makes sense for the way this story's going um, so yeah Werner Von Strucker kind of t- is talking to his therapist um, and he talks about he says something about April and his therapist like oh what happened in April uh, and Werner's like no uh, April is your daughter <laughs> And I know everything about what uh, what you've been saying and whatnot, and like I know everything about you and where you live and uh, and all the things about your daughter having a cold and things like that. Um, and he kind of threatens his therapist with like essentially attacking his his daughter and his family, uh, and then stabs him in the hand with a pen that the therapist uses to keep the window open to keep a draft. And uh, he he basically says that he just wants to be drugged up. Um, seemingly he doesn't. Want to remember the torture that he mm-hmm. endured, the the hands of Ward, and uh, the sh- going through the shield kind of like memory thing and whatnot. Um, he does say that, though, that he remembers everything, which is an, an interesting line. Like, mm-hmm. so I think he means literally everything because the detail that he goes into when he's talking to the therapist about like some of the things is quite in depth. Yes. So uh, nice, nice callback though, but like quite a, quite a deep cut. Um, so we then see that uh, yo still has the uh, human parts that the yeah uh, YoYo still has the human parts that matter, and Matt <laughs> hates that robots have no heart.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, Simmons's mind is in the gutter.
1: Yes, absolutely. And <laughs> uh, the. Uh, they, they Where a uh, new, newlywed bride's yeah. mind should be. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> um, so if you remember the device from uh, from last week um, that they used to shore up the, the rift, well, that device is essentially duct tape on the Hoover Dam, and it's not going to hold. So they need more gravitonium and all to seal the rift for good. Now, like as soon as they said that, I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to have the same storyline as last week essentially where they need a MacGuffin they need to go down to the basement and they need to stick this thing on it again oh my god, here we go again it's going to be the same episode, it it wasn't to be fair Um, I think they did this episode better but uh, basically yeah, they need more gravitonium, Um, so Daisy has been investigating uh, cybertech and we see uh, Ian Quinn uh, and Raina, the the girl in the Mm flower dress, getting mentions which, again, deep cuts for for shield fans. Like you need to go all the way back to like what season one, two for these.
0: Yeah, season one and two for Reina. Yes. Yeah.
1: And like and like Ian Quinn, like who remembers him? <laughs> True. Because he was he he was a season one villain. Um, yeah, and he only yeah, lasted
0: like six episodes.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And he wasn't a particularly memorable villain either. So. No, because um, they got rid of
0: him too quick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so all of the uh, the cybertech scientists are dead. Um, but all strangely, all of their deaths were uh, were signed off by the same person, um, someone called Murray Jacobson. So they reckon that this uh, could be a cover-up. Uh, they work out that this person is now known as uh, Louis Cast- Castellino. So they, tried to, they are going to try to track this guy down. Uh, Deke, however, is left to help Fitz, and Fitz is not happy about this because <laughs> he's not a very big fan of of Deek. No.
0: The dynamic between the two of them is uh, funny,
1: though. It, it is absolutely. Uh, we see uh, Werner von Strucker waking up in the uh, in the army base, this is Hale's army base, um, to a continental breakfast, which uh, there, there is a knife there which he which he takes, obviously because he's he's uh, kind of unhinged guy so like if he sees a knife he's gonna take it and stick it in his pocket uh we then see ruby entering who ignores him and listens to her music duck face duck face yeah very rude as well yep. not even acknowledging his presence in the room she has got a killer pout <laughs> yeah she does yeah she's got that kind of like st- stuck face almost like <laughs> yeah she's got a duck face yeah <laughs> Uh, the uh, the shield team manages to find uh, Lewis, who has a very cool car. I didn't catch what make of car it was, but it was very cool. Yeah, I missed that. But it, it was flashy. I a sports car. Um, um, and when the when the team confronts him, he tries to run off and escape. Uh, they managed to trap him at gunpoint though, and he makes the mistake of calling me lady cakes. <laughs> don't call me lady cakes oh my god <laughs> but uh he he eventually like recognizes mac's voice <laughs> and uh it turns out that his name is Candyman, and he knows mac hammer <laughs> which is uh was mac's nickname in college mac hammer which is very strange um this guy's name is actually Anthony Kane, which is this a character from the comic books I, I wasn't sure
0: uh, not that I'm aware of
1: no um, so yeah they are uh, they're apparently old friends from the Shield Academy um, however uh, this guy Anthony Kane was uh, booted out of the academy because he didn't go to the classes <laughs> and he reveals that Mac's nickname of Mac Hammer uh, from back in the day is because Mac used to love MC Hammer I mean who <laughs> doesn't love MC Hammer can't touch this. Like too all, legit all to quit. Too legit to quit. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he reveals that um, he was he will he was, however, working for Shield as part of uh, Project Paperclip, mm-hmm. which was an old program which was used to recruit Nazi scientists after World War Two. And now, do you remember? Um, this has actually been mentioned in the MCU before because uh, what was the guy's name? Arnim Zola. Yeah in uh he was recruited yeah yeah he was recruited by shield in what captain america one i think it was uh no it was in uh winter soldier oh Winter Soldier, they showed it yeah yeah yep. and with the, eating the steak and all that um so yeah they they recruited him and he obviously ended up be, like making hydra inside shield and he was instrumental in that um But yeah, essentially what uh, this version of Project Paperclip is is that they did the same thing after the collapse of Hydra, after Hydra revealed themselves and then were uh, done away with over the course of the events of uh, Age of Shield first few seasons and uh, Age of Ultron. Uh, The the scientists which had been working for Hydra were offered uh, relocation and uh, fake identities and whatnot to come and work on behalf of Shield. And obviously a lot of them went for it because a lot of them were coerced into working for Hydra by mm. like Hydra threatening their families and whatnot. Uh, we see that uh, Deke wants to play catch with Fitz. <laughs> that Fitz was so weird. I do But um, it was funny because Fitz is like, no, 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 and then like, uh Deke says something about like Einstein, mm. like talking about taking a break, and like that it was something that his mum used to say to him and whatnot, and. Fitz is like, right, okay, I'm just going to play with you to shut you up. However, they don't get to play catch because uh, anomalies then start to flare. Uh, we see that Yo-Yo is kind of struggling with having uh, no arms. Um, she woke up and forgot that she had no arms, which I would imagine is something that would happen to to people in this situation. Um, however, she's com- being becoming kind of resigned to the future that she's... Sh- that she saw that like Mm -hmm. yep this is all going to happen it is all going to come true the world is going to explode and whatnot. and there's nothing they can do to stop it which is kind of a depressing thought to be honest like I really hope that they manage to stop the destruction of the (laughs) earth like that would be very bad if they didn't Um, like how do they explain that in in the next
0: event? yeah how do you do season six (laughs) if there's no planet left
1: uh, yeah like time travel back somehow like become the star jammers yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so, uh, Ca- uh Candyman kind of takes a look at uh, Max' shotgun axe, and um, mentions about Mac being like one of America's most most wanted and whatnot. And he's like, "Yeah, you're a badass now. Like, you were never like this back in the day. Like, you were the guy that went and did the study." And Mac's like, "Well, well, it's like world-ending stuff here. Like, I've I got to do what I got to do." Uh, Daisy and May hope that uh, one of the, the cybertech scientists might be able to help them save Coulson because these guys are obviously brilliant scientists mm-hmm. and they've done a lot of research and whatnot into like body enhancements and stuff like that, so they, they might have something that they would be able to use to help Coulson. However, Coulson orders them not to look into it. But they say, as soon as he walks away, they're like, yeah, yeah, no, we're just going no, look no. into it anyway. <laughs> like, okay. Now, it's interesting because if you remember back to uh, the future Yo-Yo, she told, uh, told present-day Yo-Yo not to let them do this. Mm-hmm. They, she told her to let Colson die. Like, don't try to save him. Like, let him die. So, like, I think it's interesting that she hasn't told the rest of the team about that yet.
0: Well, she's kind of had other things on her mind.
1: Her hands are full. Oh, wait. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> too soon, Chip. Too soon. Next week, we can make those jokes because Yoyo starts to make the jokes. <laughs> this week is too soon. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I'm sorry, yeah. I was there. <laughs> but I think yeah, it is interesting that she's not told him about this yet because, like, when she does, like, what are they going to say? Like, they're going to be like, oh, okay. Well, like, yeah, let's not save them. They're still going to try and save them. Of course because he's he's Coulson and I think it's going to be really interesting how they like how they wrap up this story like like do they save Coulson or do they let him die like does the world blow up or does it not is that is not saving Coulson the thing that makes the world not blow up like uh, is that the thing that changes the the timeline who knows and in the will get more into that in in future episodes but yeah. um but, yeah, really interesting, like, kind of thing to think about. Like, if you change one thing, like... Like, say if you were to go and, like, kill one of these people now, does that automatically stop the world from ending? Or will it or will it just happen in a different way? Like, who knows? Uh, so we then see uh, Ruby training and then kind of talking to uh, Werner. And duck it turns face. out that they... Yeah, Duckface. It turns out that they knew each other when they were kids. And he remembers... Um, her hitting her head on like a uh, worktop or something, and he remembers her mum as well. And he holds her at knife point and uh, demands to see her mother. And um, you know, Candyman takes Mac to see um, no the Mac Hammer to see uh, one of the CyberTech scientists, and it, it, it turns out this guy was like he was coerced into serving uh, CyberTech on behalf of Hydra. Um, they threatened his family and whatnot, so he had to work for them. So he tells them uh, that the all the gravitonium that they had left was put onto the Principia, which is a ship, and that's the title of the episode, which, uh, which apparently sank during a thunderstorm, so it is five miles under the ocean. So Fitz immediately started investigating this, and he looks into it and finds nothing on the seabed in the kind of search area, which is... Which is a bit of a bit confusing because they're like, well, the ship sank around about here, like, but there's nothing there. And then Shield has some very advanced like probing and scanning techniques, and if Fitz can't find it, it's not there. So Fitz kind of is getting a bit stressed out about this, and he's get and he's also getting really, really annoyed with Deke, who is only he's only really excited about like all the new stuff that he's experiencing and like the fact that there are there's five miles deep of ocean kicking about there. Like he's like, wow, holy shit! There's because there's no ocean like on the lighthouse in the future, and there's no water on left really on. Well, the, yeah, there's no water left on Earth. So he's like, oh my god, this is like an insane amount of water. Him like you can't even comprehend it. So he's like really happy. <laughs> essentially, that there's all this water. Do you guys go for vacations the down there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But can you can you go underwater and vacation? <laughs> yeah, I mean you can. Maybe not that deep, but. There's, like, underwater hotels and stuff. Mm. I've never been to one, and I don't think that I would ever go to one. Like, that. I don't think that sounds appealing. Would you go to an underwater hotel?
0: I think the, the claustrophobe in me would freak out.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, there's absolutely no way that I could convince my missus to, to go down to, the, like, one of these. No way. <laughs> I think I could go down and, like, go, yeah, this is kind of interesting. Don't I, think I could sleep there. I, you know, I...
0: Did do a submarine? Okay. A re, you know, a real one, not the one at Disney, not the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea one at Disneyland. I've done that too. But um I I did do a sub I did go, uh do a ride on a submarine in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I survived it. <laughs> but um yeah, I don't I don't think I could uh no, knowing that i could not go outside or you know that this bubble could crack
1: at any moment um <laughs> i'm not sure i could do that no I, would, I wouldn't i wouldn't want to sleep in it no way i'm um, but yeah but deke would is <laughs> deke, like yeah i'll do that okay deke just wants to experience everything all yeah. all at once and I kind of wanted like see him get let loose on the world because I enjoyed his we like foray into the bar and mm. eating the food and like playing darts and drinking all the zima, like that was fun. Like I kind of want to see what else he would do if like he was just like, letting... right. Okay, go and have fun. Like send him to Disneyland for a day. Like he's gonna come back off his like tiny mind blown to bits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fitz, kind of, Fitz calls him Scrappy Doo in amongst us as well, which I thought was really funny. Because he is kind of like because yes. he's He's so yes, happy and like. Ooh, I, ooh. I, I thought that was a great line, mm-hmm. and I didn't expect it at all because, yeah. like, you just you wouldn't expect like a call of that. But yeah, he's totally like that. Um, so uh, Fitz and uh, Fitz and Simmons suggest hyphenating their name to be uh, Mister and Mrs. Simmons Fitz, <laughs> which, which is funny because, like, I mean mm-hmm. the, the the fan base has been shipping Fitz Simmons since day one. <laughs> like series one, episode one of Shield, everyone's been saying FitzSimmons. So like, if they tw- oh, actually, that's, that's what they're like, known. Oh, they were known
0: as FitzSimmons.
1: Yeah, that's that. I mean, I, I think Fury even called them that, like when yeah. he saw them.
0: They are known as uh, FitzSimmons. So,
1: yeah. Uh, so we then see Hale uh, talking to Werner, who lets Ruby go because he was only holding her hostage to get to uh, to get to Hale. And he's like, okay, well, don't call me Werner von Strucker anymore. My name's Alex Braun, and uh, I want nothing to do with my dad or his name or Hydra or any of any of that shit. Um, and uh, she's like, well, he was like, well, I'm not Hydra. Like that's not what I'm doing. Um, and he asks her why she was visiting his father if he if she's not Hydra, which she doesn't answer. <laughs> she's like, we had common interests. Like, okay, and. Um, so it turns out when S.H.I.E.L.D. zapped his brain, if you remember all the way back, they were try—I can't remember what it was for—but they were trying to get information out of him, mm-hmm. and they put him through essentially the, some of the same processes as Coulson went through when they uh, when they changed his memories and implanted the fake memories of Tahiti in him. So like they used that machine on Werner to mm-hmm. try and get some intel out of him. I, like like I say, it was a long time ago, and I forget what the actual intel was, so it couldn't have been that good, but. Uh, this uh, inadvertently made Werner remember every single thing in his life, which is kind of a worrying thought. Like, imagine like remembering when you were a baby and stuff like that. Mm. That would be weird. <laughs> like, how confusing that that would be. Um, but yeah, he he refuses to help and tells her, uh, tells him, or oh, just kill me." And she's like, "No, I'm not going to do that. I'll uh, I'll just let you go tomorrow morning." And she sends him back to his room. Uh, However, she then tasks Ruby with gaining his trust or his love by any means necessary but stick to the books. Well, that's kind of a like, that's kind of a double-edged thing. Like, you've told him to you've told her to do, get his trust by any means necessary but also do it by the books. Like, she's whoring out her daughter. Yeah, I know. Okay. But I think what she means is just don't kill him. (laughs) Mm. Or chop off his arms. Because like, I don't think she was supposed to chop off those arms. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, so we then see back over at the Shield base, uh, Deke eating Twinkies. Because <laughs> of course she would have a stash of Twinkies.
0: Hey, they so last Twinkies... forever.
1: Yeah, that's it. Twinkies are no longer made. That's, that's right, isn't it? No, they came back. Oh, they came back. They, okay. they did come back because i mean like the like we don't it's not really a thing that people are that into over here but like obviously from watching many many american shows over the years like <laughs> there there was always twinkies in an american show and a uh, shield is no different than those twinkies there. so i didn't realize they'd actually come back
0: yeah somehow uh somebody bought the rights and brought them back okay are they the same uh for the most part yeah you know and i had a box of twinkies that i was saving when they went out and we mm. went to eat them a year later no. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 they 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 don't they don't last as long as uh people think they do
1: <laughs> no i mean maybe maybe if it's like an end of the world situation and that's all that's left okay but but yeah, but yeah not not don't hold them normally then no <laughs> no no Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, Dick then sees uh, his mum, mm-hmm. which obviously is is an anomaly, like one of the, one of these fear uh, fear anomalies. And she says to him, uh, but she's got a bit of a speech form and whatnot. And she says that the te- the steps you take don't need to be big; they just need to take you in the right direction. And she de- tells him to walk away because uh, anybody that he gets close to gets hurt. And she's talking; she's kind of talking about Daisy. She's like, "Oh, that Daisy girl's cute," and he's like, "Oh, mom, Aww, no, no,
0: gross."
1: <laughs> and then uh, he then sees a Cree dude walk up behind her and kill her, which obviously this is his fear mm-hmm. that like seeing his mom die. Because I mean, this was, like this is what happened essentially in the future. And his mom, I, I believe, his mom was probably killed by a Cree. I think. Yeah, I, think I think so. That, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's explicitly said, but I think that's uh it's a fair assumption. If it's not, um, so yeah, he then uh, he then kills the Kree, which is obviously another anomaly, and uh, yeah, he really needs another Zemo. <laughs> I want I want to see him on the Zima. I, I still need to get this some of the Zima from somewhere. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, uh, he then kind of realizes that there is a uh, there is no up and down. Like okay, and uh, and he tells Fitz to uh, to look up. What if the ship can fly? Because if the ship got hit by lightning, then it could have potentially affected the gravitonium, causing it to float. Okay, so uh, they kind of work out that the ship might might be flying or, or around. Like the mm-hmm. the I mean the big yeah. Uh, this is a boat I'm talking about. bear mind uh, <laughs> the Principia. Um. And so they start to kind of look into that and work out like where it might have drifted to if it was floating. Um, and Colson's team man- manages in amongst the clouds to eventually find this flying boat. Um, and so now that we've seen a, flying, a giant flying boat in the show, do you think they jumped the shark? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't think about it that way. Um, yeah,
1: it's like... Mm. It,
0: it, it was... Uh, I think Candyman gets off the best line. You guys see things like this all the time, and they're hurt. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 yeah. all of them aren't all that, and imp- don't uh, aren't completely blown away by a flying boat. Um, no. <laughs> they're all pretty nonplussed about it.
1: Um, interest, interesting theory, though. Interesting T- theory. To be- to be fair to it, though, like I mean, we've seen the helicarrier mm-hmm. before. Like, if you look back at the Avengers, uh, the the first Avengers movie, the first helicarrier that we saw was like a boat on the water, and it did take off and fly. So, I mean, they've kind of shown things like this before, but I, I just that's what mm-hmm. kind of crossed my mind. I'm like, hmm, an actual you know, like normal boat that just happens to be flying out of nowhere. I'm like, okay. Um. So yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think they really jumped the shock. I mean, this, this show's done a lot of weird, wonderful things. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Hey, so, you've uh, got this, a flying car. Word. Yeah, it's a flying car. You can have a flying boat. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, we then see uh, Ruby going to see Werner, and he reveals that he remembers wor- all the words and all the facts, uh, but also the pain of every single beating that he's ever taken in his life, just like it's new and like it's happening to him now. And Ruby kind of goes into uh, what I call classic Black Widow seduction mode, mm. <laughs> and and she also says to him, "I never knew my father." Which like, there's a I can't remember what show it's in, but like, there's there's some show like a, it's a British comedy show, and there's a character in it um, who says, "I never knew my father." <laughs> it's, like, they're exactly that voice, and like I can't remember what show it is, but like, it always just anytime when I hear it, somebody say that line, I'm like. It totally reminds me of that, and I didn't remember what, I need to work out what that was. Um, but yeah, so she never knew her dad. And do you think we might like find out something about her dad, who he is, in the future? I think we might. It
0: would make a good story uh, arc.
1: Yeah, if it happened to be like somebody that we know already, or somebody like from the the wider MCU. Um, but it turns out that she. She's like, okay, well, my my mom's a tyrant, and she's essentially using me to get to you. And the, everything that was ha- everything that's happened here with you was all planned, um, and even including like uh, Verner taking Ruby hostage, all that was planned. They knew that would happen. Um, but Ruby then asks him to uh, to join with her and make it their team and not her mom's team, which is obviously kind kind of going up against her mom essentially. Mm. Um, and she says, "Well, maybe let's try burying all those bad memories that you've got under newer, happier memories." And she's got like this kind of like smoldering look at him, like giving him the, giving him the oh, eyes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, okay, I'm, I'm kinda into this." And uh, he, how couldn't you be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's age appropriate for her for sure. Like, yeah. and they seem quite compatible, and like they they grew up together, and they they've obviously known each other albeit on and off for uh, for a number of years, so yeah, okay, cool, go for it, and I mean, what's uh, what other choice does he have, like, what's, what else is he going to do, go out into the world and like, live with these terrible memories every day, or like, go and kill himself, or uh, wait till S.H.I.E.L.D. finds him and kills him, or like, imprisons him forever, you know, like, uh, this is probably his best choice here. Um, so yeah, she says if if he's still there in the morning, she'll know that he's he's in on her plan. Uh, we see the S.H.I.E.L.D. team then investigating the boat. Um, Coulson, Mac, and Daisy go onto the boat, and it's kind of cool when you see them like dropping into it, and like uh, Coulson's like, "Oh, this is awesome! I'm like walking about on this flying boat." <laughs> and and I liked it because we're not in the confines of the corridors of the lighthouse. Yeah, but we are in the confines of the corridors of this boat. <laughs> You know, like oh, okay, you you swapped X for Y, like okay, there's not a lot of difference there.
0: You went from one uh, one uh, sound stage at the studio to
1: another. Yeah, but least say it was a little bit different, yeah. so like fair enough. Uh, and at least it was interesting for them to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so they find the uh, they find the crew of the Principia who are all dead from hypoxia, presumably because the. Boat is like floating in like what thirty thousand feet in the air, yeah, or ho- however high up it is. Um, so yeah, the, the crew's all all dead because they didn't have any oxygen or whatnot. Um, and they've uh, they had a prolonged exposure to it. Uh However, there's also a robot there who awakens when they when they pass it, although they don't notice. Uh, and they discover that somebody has already been there and removed most of the gravitonium. But Mac finds uh, a ball of it just floating in mid-air, and they can't touch it or move it. Um, Now, uh, obviously the gravitonium is what they need, so they need to do something about it, but the the gravitonium is the only thing that's keeping the boat floating, so if they remove it, the boat will fall. Um, So Deke suggests that they put it into a a box uh, without touching it, and he reckons that they would have about ninety seconds before the gravity field dissipates and the boat falls out of the sky and down to where, where, or whatever's below it. Uh, now, I hope that they had pla- like they'd looked into what was below it because they never mentioned it. <laughs> like so, hopefully, it was just the, the ocean below it, like a deep ocean, and not like a populated city. Uh, I'll just <laughs> go on that assumption. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think of that
0: till now.
1: Yeah, like, cause um. they don't mention it ever in the episode, so like, hopefully they thought of that, and like, yeah, <laughs> if they didn't, then they've got some explaining to do. Uh, so yeah, because I mean, like, that's what Ultron did. He dropped, he dropped mm-hmm. a city. Like, they drop a boat on a city. It's kind of the same thing. Um, so yeah, Coulson says, uh, "Oh, hey, Matt Hammer, can't touch this." Ken <laughs> 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 to Max like, "This is not the time." I you know it's tall at the time we he had he had to say it
0: well yeah he he had to say it but i mean did, and i had to step away for a minute or two did you mention his high
1: school or his college yearbook picture oh i didn't know it was it was a classic picture <laughs> that picture man i mean that's obviously a real picture of, uh, mm. of henry simmons like from when he was younger like, d- d- docks doctor's up a little bit, but yeah, that's clearly his high school yearbook picture, and that was, that amused me. Like, and then, uh,
0: May got off the best line that we can't unsee this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't mention that actually, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think, if you go back and look at pretty much anybody's high school yearbook photo, it's always mm. terrible. Mm. Like, Mine is very bad. (laughs) I have a very, very bad haircut in mine. Like, I don't know what yours is like, Chip, but uh, mine's very bad. (laughs) Yeah, I... I lost my yearbook. I think that's a good thing. (laughs) Lost on purpose. Uh, so um, Mac uh, then puts the uh, gravitonium into the box, and the shield team uh, makes the exit the ship. Uh, however, these uh, robots—there's a few of them now. Like I think there's three or four—confront um, the team, who take them out and essentially escape the ship just in time. Um, Mac uh, fights off like some robots on his own while the other ones escape, and uh, he says to them, "It's hammer time," to the robots. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was brilliant. Like, the, like I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna set up the MC mm. hammer joke, mm. you might as well knock them down. Definitely. Oh yeah, and they they totally did it, which was which was good. Um, Mac does take a souvenir from the from the ship, um, two robots, which he brings back with him, and the ship falls back down, seemingly into the ocean. We think it kind of looks oceanish. Below there, but it's kind of cloudy, so not hundred percent. But yeah, let's just go with the fact. That let's just go with it was ocean. Um, General Hale finds out about the uh, these robots being reactivated because they are obviously her robots because it was obviously her team that was there first. And uh, Candyman is says that he's happy that he got to he see a flying boat and a robot fight. The best day ever. <laughs> now, Hughes used this line a few times, like best day ever. Mm. Cause uh, what's his name says uh, Calvin uh, Zabel, Mister Hyde. True. He said that before as well. And I'm sure one or two other people have said it in the show as well. So this is kind of like their uh, their thing, like best day ever.
0: Mm. They're a little tagline. And I,
1: yeah, and I, and I hope they I hope they, they keep using it because it's a it's a very positive like tagline to have. Mm. Like uh, like Black Panther has like Wakanda forever. And like that's quite memorable. And like best day ever, that's quite memorable as well. And like anytime like I hear that phrase I'll always think of Shield. So I hope they use it some more. Um Like uh, like Star Wars has uh I've got a bad feeling about this. True. Like so Shield can have best day ever. That's 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 your thing. And it's a trap um, It's a trap, yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> Uh, so Candyman though uh, says that he's going to dig up dig a bit more into the Deathlock program and see if he can find anything that might be able to help them uh, help Colson. So hopefully we'll find out about that in the future episode. Um, and we discover that Simmons is holding on to the uh, the last tiny piece of the monolith for safekeeping. And now if you remember in the future. this little last tiny piece of the monolith was kicking about and it was that piece Mm. that they used to rebuild the monolith in the future and that was kept by Deke's dad who got it from Deke's mum so this is obviously where it came from originally Mm -hmm. and uh, she, uh, Simmons then kind of talks to Yo-Yo about like uh, about the future and whatnot, and says to Yo-Yo, the steps you take don't need to be big, they just need to take you in the right direction uh, and Deek sees her saying this, and realizes that oh, this is something that his mum used to say all the time, and she said it because her grand said it, or her her mum said it to her. And Deek then realizes, obviously, that Simmons is his grandmother. Mind blown. His mind, his little tiny mind, has been completely mm. blown apart. <laughs> he's like hanging about with his grand and grandpa, who he's seemingly never met before. Um. And when when he goes back to the, and, and the team's all together again, he kind of stares at Fitz very weirdly. And Fitz is like, okay, why are you looking at me like this? And he's just like, oh, is that a new sweater? <laughs> and then uh, when they get assigned to go off and work together again, uh, he says to uh, Fitz, after you, Grandpa. <laughs> Which was brilliant. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. has uh, realised at this point that Hale is more than just an overzealous general. There's something more sinister going on with her. She's she's the big bad here, really. Yeah. At this point, anyway. Uh, and uh, we then see Yoyo makes the joke. She's stumped at what Mac could have brought her back. So it's okay to make jokes about uh, the arms now, Chip. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because YoYo's made the joke, so it's fine now. You can make arm jokes. <laughs> uh, so Mac has uh, Mac has brought back beer for them, as well as some arms for yeah uh, for YoYo because he's brought back these two robots, um, which have uh, mechanical arms that they can probably fashion into uh, working arms for YoYo, which which is good and and I th- I think that's a positive step for YoYo because I, mm. I was kind of worried about what they were going to do with her character to be honest. Like, how does she come back from that? So giving her arms actually improves our power set, like especially if you're robot arms, because they're going to be more durable than our, uh, than what she had before. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that in the coming weeks. Uh, at the military base in the morning, uh, Werner is not in his room, but he is sitting eating his continental breakfast. Uh, he's decided to stay. And uh, him and Ruby can say to each other, oh, the, the future is ours. And uh, Ruby says, oh, you should see who else we've got. So the, she takes him like on a kind of tour of the base and shows him like the, the sort of training bit where we see Absorbing Man is there, who is uh, one of his father's old experiments. If you remember, he was created, yeah. uh, I think it was just before, um, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were created by Von Strucker. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, certainly in that kind of, that kind of time period anyway. And, uh. Ruby then tells uh, General Hale that she told Vernon the truth in order to convince him to stay. So, like, I, I'm kind of, like, confused about what her motives are here. Like, uh, so she's told him the truth, but she's only done that so he would stay, so that she can use him to get to her mum, I, th- I think is what's going on here. Maybe. Like, she really doesn't like how, how controlling her mom is and wants to get out from under her and run her own. Typical teenager. Schemes. Yeah, essentially, yeah. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I, I like the Verno's there, though, and uh, he seems to have an interesting dynamic with Ruby, mm-hmm. and Absorbing Man is, like... Absorbing Man being back is kind of interesting because uh, I didn't think we'd see him again, really, to be honest.
0: No, and there... He... He's getting more of a role this time. I mean, there and you know we'll see him in a few more
1: episodes. They're fleshing mm. out
0: his character, and I like it.
1: Yeah, he's actually quite interesting. Like, mm. um, if you if you recall back, he was working as like a, a kind of bodyguard for uh, mm. for uh, Talbot for Talbot. Yeah. So it's interesting to see. I'm uh, um, going to a completely different role now. Being like back working for. Heal uh, in this situation. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of the episode. Um, so what did you think of this one overall? I liked it better than uh, the 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um,
0: it was a fun story. You had a flying boat. You had some cool characters like Candyman. Uh, you, uh, you brought back Strucker. Um, plot moved forward. Um, overall, uh, there was a lot to like
1: about this episode. And Mack Hammer. And Mac Hammer. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I, I would say I like really enjoyed this episode, much more so than, than the last one. Especially, like, because at the beginning I was like, oh, they're gonna just do the same thing as last week. Or they're gonna have to go down and deal with these fear things, and they didn't do that at all. They went on a totally different tangent, and it was... Really good. Really enjoyed it, and nice to see them out doing different things again. It
0: was a classic Shield episode. I mean, this is this is the type of stuff we would expect. You know, we wanted for every week mm-hmm. of Shield.
1: Yep, hundred percent. I mean, it, like uh, you you have them going after essentially a MacGuffin, which we've mm-hmm. seen them do many, many times over over the over the seasons, but that's part of the, the charm of it, like how they deal with the, the situations that come up and like when the plan goes to shit, oh, we just come up with a new plan. Like that's the mantra of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that's exactly what they did in this episode and uh, that's why it works so well. And uh, But yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Um, I, I love that they brought back this Vernon von Strucker and that they've brought back Absorbing Man and they're bringing back some of the other older things um, mm-hmm. from season one, like going back and, and like tying up the loose ends which we've been saying like at the end of pretty much every season like where is this what's happening with this like where the fuck is this thing Um, and they actually seem to be addressing that here which uh, which is kind of like what's been making me think that the show's coming to an end because they're like oh this is ending these are the questions we still have up in the air right let's deal with them Andy
0: Oh, I, for me there, it I sounded like a, I think I lost you for a second.
1: Yep. <laughs> no, no, I'm here. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think it's good that they're going back and addressing these things. And even if the show continues, it means that they can wrap up some of these older storylines and, and give us a clean slate going into mm-hmm. the, the new season.
0: So, yeah, overall, I thought it was good. Um, my Twitter is not working, so I can't get to tweets tonight and... We'll save them for the next one. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, um, it's turning into it's turning into I think the storyline and the season you and I wanted.
1: Yes. Now, now we're finally back from the future, and now they're actually dealing with the real problems of the real world, and uh, obviously they're trying to uh, they're trying to prevent the disaster from happening. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're also coming into like re- relatively direct conflict with hale and and mm-hmm. whatever whatever schemes that she's got going on um which we'll find out about more in the in the coming weeks um but yeah uh real furthering of the story and real real good callbacks this week i mean these are much better callbacks than last week's episode it's so strange so because they picked it up so much uh And then they've got the good ones here that were like, oh, okay, this is actually a cool thing to bring back. Werner von Strucker and Absorbing Man and whatnot.
0: And and bringing them back in meaningful ways, not just... Yeah. um, Throwaway cameos, yeah. Yeah. You know, but, you know, over... They have... And we didn't know it at the time, but, I mean, they have so many little things nestled into the storyline like absorbing man like Robin I mean look how mm. pivotal Robin was in the last uh, last um, storyline and she was just yep. you know some autistic little girl in uh, season three
1: yep yep yeah, who lost who lost her father and was given a, a carved bird? Mm.
0: And, you know, so bring, bringing all these characters back is awesome. Because some of them we thought were wasted, like uh, Strucker.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they kind of cast him aside. And they, they've actually given him a, a story. And they've. They, I mean, he's not got powers per se, but, like, he's got an enhancement, definitely. Mm-hmm. Which is going to be useful to somebody.
0: <laughs> so. But yeah, overall, uh, probably one of the better, if not one of the top, probably one of the top 10 episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. of all time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think I would definitely struggle to to rank them, but yeah, this is is a good one. Real good one. Right, and I'm not even trying to rank them, but I mean, well, other than we,
0: (laughs) I mean, we know that uh, the one after Winter Soldier is the best episode ever, but. Yeah. Beyond that,
1: <laughs>
0: um, turn, turn, turn. Um, yeah, that's it. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not going to worry about the numbers at this point because we're so far behind. <laughs> um, and I, I honestly was having a hard time finding them. I am not seeing it show up on the DVR list but apparently it's one of the be- supposedly it's got one of the best uh, live plus 7 uh, numbers of any show on
1: television. Which I mean that, that probably like says to the executives that like people don't want to watch it on a Friday night in, mm. in the death lot. Like they want to watch it at whatever time they watch. It. I don't know if they can like is there a way that they can work that out like when people are actually watching it? Yes. Right. So so I mean they might look at that data and go, okay, well, most people tend to watch it at this on this day at this time. No, no. So they're they're, they're not watching
0: no? it at Tuesdays at 10. No. Oh, I I don't know if they yeah, I think they can tell at least yeah, I think they have a pretty good idea of when you watch it. Mm. But I'm going to assume that uh you know, uh like most people, they're probably catching it uh, Saturday, Sunday, or maybe, you know, you know, sometime other than Friday night at 9 because it's a shitty mm. time. Uh, mo- you know, a lot of people are out on Friday nights. Um, Tuesday at 10 probably isn't the greatest time slot either, but, um, you know, that, that's why, you know, people, the live numbers these days just don't
1: matter. And I mean, like it's the same over here. Like, I can't believe the show's still on like normal TV here, and it's not gone to Netflix. It's it's almost bizarre to me because there's so much more of an audience here that would watch it if it was on Netflix than watching Mm -hmm. it on like I think it's on E four, which is like a subsidiary of one of the one of the main five channels over here. Um, but yeah, like I mean, ABC's done it with other shows Mm -hmm. like uh, Once Upon a Time. Like, that's on Netflix every week when the episode goes up in America. It's on, uh, uh, when it airs on ABC in America, like, it's on Netflix the next day in the UK.
0: Well, and, you know, um, because I'm old and feeble and not in not even in the demographic anymore, um, <laughs> you know, usually Friday nights, yeah, I'm probably getting home not from dinner between 8.30 and 9.30. And so we watch it semi-live.
1: Mm. and you go to a lot of like concerts and stuff like that as mm. well so like yeah a look. lot of them tend to happen tends to happen on a friday as well
0: yeah I, I mean and there are times when i am out on a friday night uh you know i mean we always go to dinner on friday night so uh but you know when we get home usually like i said we'll you know we'll we'll turn it on about nine fifteen, so we can probably
1: uh Skip the commercials and you know and catch up. Um, hmm. But and, and I would I would never be able to watch it live at that time because most of the time I'm working on a Saturday morning mm. and uh, yeah, so I'm not staying up till three four in the morning <laughs> to watch live. True. On a Friday, I've I've done it before a, a couple of times on a like a Tuesday when it was on on the Tuesdays. Mm. I remember. I remember there was. I can't remember season two, maybe. Uh, I stayed up, watched the episode live, and then we immediately did a show after Mm. after it was finished. And then I then left and went to uh, to Eurogamer down in London. Oh wow! Yeah, I remember. (laughs) Like immediately, that that was uh, that was pretty hardcore. Like uh, I was very tired the next day. (laughs) I can imagine. (laughs) So, all right, Annie. Well, let's wrap this up.
0: Uh, let's see. Andy, when you're not cruising around on a flying boat, where can people find you?
1: Uh, you can find me trying to float Ali's boat every Tuesday on 42 Level 1. Uh, we broadcast live on allgames.com, 4.30 Eastern, one thirty Pacific, 9.30 Greenwich Mean time. And we talk about in movies, TV shows, and uh, mainly video games. And um, you can find all our episodes on Stitcher and iTunes, as well as the archive on allgames.com. All right.
0: And you can find me Tuesdays at 9 p.m. on allgames.com doing the B-Team podcast with Ryan, Fred, and Eli, where we discuss video games, tech, movies, and TV. And then Thursday nights you can catch Eli, Sean, and I on Knuckleballer Radio, where we discuss just about everything. I think we're planning to do a show tomorrow night. Not sure I'm going to be doing it or not, but uh, we'll see. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be a rough day tomorrow <laughs> yeah so all right Andy uh, let's see I don't care what what boat you're floating whatever you do don't touch Lola night guys